0: From Relay FM, this is Connected, episode number sixty-four. Today's show is brought to you by Lynda.com, Andrew Carroll of NCH Tax and Wealth, and Harry's. My name is Mike Curley, and I'm joined by the man of whom I have touched the face, <laughs> Mister Federico Vitici.
1: Oh, hey, Mike.
0: <laughs> Hello. That was the most awkward introduction of all time. How are you? No, I'm. I'm doing great. A uh, long time no see, Mike not really <laughs> if anything so we're going to talk about this a little later on in the show but me and federico have now met in person yes um which happened yesterday as we record this which was a very very beautiful thing um mm-hmm. and we're going to get to that we should also mention which we, we just completely forgotten about him steven's not here today oh um, yeah that guy yeah. he's he's on un, he's <laughs> unfortunately he's a little under the weather right now and has the probably the worst thing that can happen to you when you make your living producing audio content, he has lost his voice. Mm-hmm. So I, I wasn't too keen on the idea of him just being on the call and just tapping his desk, like, to get our attention every now and then. <laughs> um, so Stephen isn't here today, and uh, we wish him to get better very soon. So maybe we'll be able to hear from him again next week.
1: Yeah. yeah I'm sure we'll, he'll come back with a bunch of, you know, links to to old Macs, some new, some new things he bought, you know. He's slowly... But surely re- replacing your role as a as a serial buyer, Mike. Every time he comes yeah. back, he has some new equipment or old Macs or you know crazy yeah. old accessory.
0: Well, he has that new Nexus, right? Which we want. He, he has a new Nexus. So he completely ruined one of the topics today. One of the whole topics of this show was Stephen talking about his fun new phone, but he's not here. I actually do believe that before he lost his voice, he recorded an episode of Material talking about. His uh, experience, and I think it's going to be out this week. So, is he but, going to Android? I don't know. Maybe he is. You know what? Oh. I'm going to say that. Yes, he is. He's switching to Android. <laughs> wow. He can't. He's not here to defend himself. <laughs> so, yes, wow. Stephen Hackett has switched. Shame to on
1: you, Stephen. <laughs> yep,
0: that's why he's not here today. We wouldn't let him on the show anymore because he loves his Nexus so much that he has now switched to Android.
1: Mm uh-huh. hmm. Well, okay. Uh, so because Steven is not here, he's not, not going to be here anymore. He likes Android too much now. To come back, uh, yep. We're going to do follow-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, instead of Steven, we're going to do the follow-up. And Mike, um, I see a new hashtag in, in the in the document in front yep. of me. Yep. What What is going on here?
0: Do you remember a few weeks ago when we had the mysterious Apple TV tipster, Carlos?
1: Oh, Carlos, yeah. How's the guy?
0: Um he's he's good. He's feeling good because Carlos was right. If you remember what we were talking about was the fact that Carlos told us that you cannot use um Siri to control or search or find anything about music on the Apple TV. Yeah.
1: He's crazy.
0: Which is crazy. We we're, we're going to talk about the Apple TV a little later on today, but I wanted to mention it right here that Carlos it was right. Um and I see uh, a lovely post on uh, this website called Mac Stories. Um, that Apple made a statement to BuzzFeed um, that early next year there will be uh, full Siri support for music on the Apple TV, which seemed really, really weird. Yeah, especially because,
1: you know, early next year means anytime from January to April, I think. Yep. It could be the first four months. Uh, so, yeah, you got to wait for an update. And it's especially weird where, you know, you're paying for Apple Music, you're a subscriber, and it totally makes sense to have, you know, streaming on the app on the new Apple TV. But nope, for some reason, it's not ready yet. Uh, and we got to wait a few more months to get it. It's uh, kind of, you know, kind of a disappointment. One of the many... Uh, Issues of this first version of the Apple TV. It's fair to call it a first version.
0: It know, is a you know? 1.0. It's, it's brand yeah. new because it's, it's TVOS, right? That's the difference. Right? It's it's not the box. OS. It's what's what's on the inside that counts here, and that's yeah. what's causing all the problems. Talking about the inside, uh, we were sent this this uh, a couple of tweets about this. There is a teletext app, obviously, for the Apple I mean. TV, and it's quite funny. Um, there is a a really really excellent thread. Uh, that I will find and put in the show notes of the guy who made this app. Um, kind of coming to discover us <laughs> as a thing. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's really great. Like he's See, very confused at first. Um very confused. I can imagine. And then listens to the show and is disappointed because he thought it was a show about going to be a show about teletext. It's oh, like of, a
1: podcast, an entire show about teletext.
0: Yep. I mean, you know. Worst things have happened, I guess, but yeah, it's it's very fun to watch him. But, <laughs> So I would love to be able to link to it, but you cannot obviously link to any Apple TV apps, but I guess yeah. if you just search Teletext in the App Store, uh, you'll be able to find everything that you need yeah. about that. But yeah, it was it was just kind of a beautiful thing to watch this unfold. Um, Look
1: at that, Teletext bringing people together. It really know?
0: does. It really, really a- a- does.
1: Amazing piece of technology still holding up on, the, on TV OS. Amazing, absolutely.
0: We're, we're bringing teletext back into the to the new generation.
1: Back in style, you yep. know, all those flat colors, that bold typography, those icons, very crisp. Uh, absolutely, it's a, it's a, one of those technologies that never never dies. <laughs>
0: We uh, got a great link sent in to us um, uh, from a guy called Rod and Rod sent in, uh, this is by a guy called Larry Salibra and he has been looking a lot like Stephen was about moving from Evernote to Notes the Apple Notes app. Um, And he has actually built a script which he's put (coughs) in, which he's put on his blog to help you do this. Um, I haven't tried this out so I cannot speak for it um, but I just wanted to put it in the notes because for people that are looking to do a migration like Stephen did, um, this might be a great way to do that. But make sure you, ha- of course, have a gajillion backups in any way that you can because uh, I don't know what might happen. You know, maybe it deletes all of your of your notes. I hope not, but you never know, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, this is nice. I mean, actually consider this, you know, because obviously no one's going to make an iOS version of... These, you know, scripts as as standalone apps. Um, so I may have to use a Mac for these when I eventually decide to move from. You know, for, I I'm still basically keeping Evernote around, not for new notes, not for anything new, just for existing notes because I don't want to go through the migration process. I'll eventually have to. Uh, so this is useful. Thank you, Larry. I will I will try this. I think.
0: Yeah, I'm wondering whether I'm gonna actually do a. a... A migration like this or if i'm just going to start replicating things right because what i have in my evernote tends to be like travel documents and stuff like that and when i went to mm. indianapolis i just typed a lot of the stuff up and copied and pasted it from emails right because usually what i do is i just forward it uh, but i actually quite like the idea of having everything just in one note in just simple plain text mm-hmm. I've, i quite like that uh, as opposed to trying to like dig through pdf versions of emails or whatever um so i don't know i I want to test it a little bit a little bit more but i must say like you know just as a a a follow-up on follow-up i'd love the notes app it's so fantastic it's just it's perfect for what i need it's so it's so simple and it always works well it does, does exactly what i need
1: yeah absolutely and and for me like the best feature is it always reconciles changes from multiple devices yep so, it, it does m- a great
0: job. I don't know how they do as yeah. good a job as they do with that, but they really really do. I completely agree yeah Very and nice. it's it's funny right because I remember being like when they announced it, I was kind of just like, whatever, apple yeah. notes come on and yeah. and I really really like it i just i I just wish they would not have a texture background
1: on that yeah on you know it makes sense when you're when you're drawing with with a with a with a stylus, I guess, and you're you know, like the, the, the feeling of ink on paper. Like that's the only instance of the texture making any sort of sense. But I totally agree.
0: This is going to make everybody happy. Um, a guy called Ricky Mondello discovered that something new to Beta no, 2. You
1: know who the guy is? No. <laughs> He's the guy who makes Safari. <laughs> Ricky is one of the Safari engineers.
0: Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Then he didn't discover it. He put it in
1: there. <laughs> yes, he, he created it.
0: Well, that's very clever. The way that you tweeted this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, because it, it makes it look like something like Steve Trouton Smith. Right. Like, I just yeah. discovered this thing. All right, then. Yeah. So the guy who made this feature, iOS uh 9.2 beta 2 Safari View Controller can now be dismissed using an edge swipe in apps yes. built with the 9.2 SDK. No extra code required. Yes. I. Cannot believe that he didn't get the like the idea from this from Tapbots, right? It that must have been where the inspiration came from.
1: Uh, I, I guess, especially from the positive reaction uh, yeah. from people to that feature. Like everyone I know on Twitter, and that I heard from readers or oh, everyone is loving the new swipe gesture yep. because it's just so much better.
0: It's fantastic. It helps. It helps me get out of that view, which yeah, which yeah. otherwise you're stuck on, right? That that's the
1: problem. I'm gonna give you a detail. It's not just on the iPhone. This new swipe gesture on iOS 9.2. It's also on the iPad. So it's on every device. You can now swipe and you can dismiss Safari View Controller.
0: So this is gonna be extra better. <laughs> like, I would really like to see them um, put the done button at the bottom, though.
1: Yeah. In the meantime,
0: until they redesign completely
1: Safari View Controller, this is a good you know solution, as a, as a kind of stopgap
0: solution, for now. Sure. sure. Yeah, it works out. It works out for the time yeah. being. Yeah. Um, okay, sh- let's... Uh, I think we've actually reached the end of follow-up, and it wasn't too much of a disaster, I don't think. No. I think we kind of got through that okay.
1: Yeah, we didn't die. No one died. Nobody so died. I think we're okay.
0: Yeah, it's just a shame that Stephen can never come back.
1: Yeah, well, he's enjoying the Google Play Store right now, probably. He's that's, downloading yeah, those piloted apps from the Google
0: servers. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's all he does now. He can't talk to him anymore. All right, let's take a break, and then we'll talk about when Mike met Tichi. Okay. This episode is brought to you by lynda.com, the online learning platform that has over 3,000 3, on-demand video courses that are right there to help you strengthen your business technology and creative skills. You can get yourself a free 10-day trial and have a lovely taste of these 3,000 on-demand video courses by visiting lynda.com slash connected. So let me tell you what lynda.com does and why they would be awesome for you. So lynda.com is a fantastic collection, a real library, a great resource of video training courses that have been created by absolute experts. Every course is created by a person or people or a team of people who are experts in what you need to know. So let's say, for example, you wanted to learn getting things done, right? You want to get things done. right? You, you are in a time in your life where you're like, I need to be super productive. I want to do a GTD course. Who is the best person to teach you about GTD? Well, what about the creator of it? David Allen. He created the GTD course, which is on lynda.com. They have everything that you're going to need to maybe solve a problem that you have at work, right? So maybe you need to learn how to use Excel to try and get yourself this new report that your boss needs. Maybe you want to learn negotiation tactics to help you in that next business meeting. Maybe you want to learn how to go paperless so you can finally get rid of all that paper and junk in your office. No matter what it is that you're looking to do, you can go to lynda.com to feed your curious mind. You can stream any of these video courses on demand. You can also watch them and download them to your app. Android and iOS devices as well and when you watch them on the web you can follow along with their great transcripts and you can also search these transcripts later and it can take you back to another part in the video just by clicking the words that you're reading which is really awesome if you just want a refresher of something later on you can also create and save playlists of their courses so you can watch them in any order that you like they're all broken down into bite sized pieces and they're structured in a way that you can just dip in and dip out of any course and you can kind of customise your own learning path by mixing and matching different elements of different courses and once you've done this and you've got a great playlist you can even share this with friends colleagues and team members as well your lynda.com membership is right there to give you unlimited access on training for on absolutely hundreds of topics just for one flat rate whether you're looking to become an industry expert you're passionate about a hobby or you're just looking to learn something new go ahead and visit lynda.com connected sign up for your free 10-day trial and support this show thank you so much lynda.com for their help today and for sponsoring Connected and Relay FM. So, I'm going to put a tweet in the show notes um, of a picture that you took of uh-huh. me where I am incredibly excited uh, <laughs> and shaken a little bit and incredibly mm-hmm. emotional because I had just seen you get out of a taxi cab in London, uh-huh. England. Uh-huh. It yes. was a very, very beautiful day yesterday.
1: Yes, it was a very beautiful moment and an amazing entire day. Uh, so, we met for the first time in, like, how long since we've known each other online? Like, four years? Three
0: years? Well, I asked you, so this is part of my presentation um, at Release Notes, I found a, an old DM, and I mm-hmm. asked you if you would be willing to do a podcast with me back in 2013. So, we've been, and it was early in 2013, so we've been working together for about two and a half years now.
1: Yeah, so almost three years, yep. basically. Yeah. Uh and I'm pretty sure I was already listening to your podcasts. So uh remotely we we've known each other for a long time. And yesterday we met for for the first time in your city, in your mm-hmm. land, mm-hmm. in the in the land of Britannia. Um well, 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 what do you want to discuss,
0: Mike? It, it was a, it was amazing. <laughs> it was very beautiful. So Federico was here uh, conducting special business. Yes. And it was a special business trip. You were in and out in one day, so we didn't. Yes. We didn't even get to spend as much time as we liked. But there was lots of hugging. We hugged a lot. Uh-huh. Um, I kept touching you to ensure that you were real and there. Uh, I was
1: real, and yeah. you were real.
0: And I looked after you, didn't I? I took you to, took you to the plane. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Put you on a train. I do you, uh, you used Apple Pay on the tube for the first time? Yep.
1: And I, I had no idea how Apple Pay worked. Uh, it was really fast, really quick. You know, it just, you activated the sensor for me, mm-hmm. and I just needed to place the iPhone on the on the little pad. Um, and it's just amazing. I I, I keep thinking I want to use Apple Pay in Italy, but they, you know, no announcement yet.
0: Um, what did you think of the tube?
1: It was uh surely. So two thoughts, better organized, and I mean more modern, like people actually form decent lines, so better organized, more, more you know, uh, yeah, modern than the one in Rome, cleaner for sure. No, no weird smells, you know. No, yeah, the one in Rome, depending on the station. It was it's...
0: rush hour as well, so it was super busy.
1: And so, and and the second thought, and this is, applies to people in London in general, at least from what I saw yesterday. So people are really quiet, mm-hmm. and they don't push too much.
0: No, just a little bit. In,
1: so in Rome, they push a lot, and they're super loud. When you, especially when you get on the on the metro, <laughs> that's what we call it here. Uh, and, and there's always some kind of smell or some kind of argument, and there's people pushing, and there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of peat pocket. What's his name, peep pocketers? Peep pockets, peep, yeah. Peep pockets. Uh, a lot of people trying to see your wallet, basically, on your phone. Um, and it was very... Uh, yeah, organized. I keep thinking of organized in London, like people waiting in line, and there's no screaming, no yelling, no people fumbling for their tickets. Like everyone knows that they need to be done at the, at the, at the little what's the name, the gates. The, the
0: yeah, the little gates yeah. where you put where you go through yeah. to the train. See, this is the thing, right? You were in a business district basically during rush hour on a regular day in the week, so like yeah. everyone is like super focused. They just want to go home. Yeah. so like people know what they need to do and yeah on the whole like people are quiet like there was one point where me-, me and you maybe took a little bit too long at the barrier and people start like you can hear it so the most you get in the UK it's like <sighs> people are coughing right so that's what I- oh but something I forgot to mention I brought uh, a special guest with me for you to oh, me yes. yesterday oh yes yes I, I saw uh, CGP Grey the man the myth the legend the, 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 the robot um, yep so he's real, or he's at real least he,
1: he appears to be real. If he's a robot, he's a very realistic one. Uh, I even almost touched CGP Grey, you know? You shook his hand, I, didn't you? I, well, I shook his hand, but I also... I, I He wasn't expecting me to touch his
0: watch. <laughs> yeah, that was, quite, that was quite a funny <laughs> moment. <laughs> so Grey has the, uh, the full black um, link yeah. bracelet watch. Looks amazing. The... DLC ones that diamond like coating and uh, me and Gray have spoken about this in the past and I said to him can I try it on and he looked at me like I was insane and told (laughs) me that I couldn't but Federico sees it and he's like oh and he just reaches out and touches it right (laughs) and there's nothing Gray can do because it's too late now so what I have learned is you just need to be bold like an Italian that's what I've learned. Mm. Yeah, it was just
1: natural for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I, I I realize now it it can be it can be strange for people in other countries to just instinctively reach out and touch someone
0: else's hand
1: or wrist.
0: You know, it just we are in Europe, right? We are in Europe, but we are not European. Mm. That I mean, that is. I don't. If you spent more time here, I think you would really start to see that. Like, there is a lot of Europe where like the customs are very they're closer together i think um but the uk it's it's like a completely different it's a completely different place
1: i feel like uh, as a as a country in terms of like habits and you know like general um like behavior were more similar to spanish people you know
0: okay
1: i i feel like we're you know always kind of uh, i wouldn't say loud necessarily but you know Maybe talkative, you know, just mm-hmm. always I don't know in London, people seemed really quiet, yeah, and you quiet. seem different than most people, could be because I know you, but you almost don't like everyone looked too serious or too like like smile for a little, you know, like everyone was super focused and super quiet and no touching, no pushing, no it almost felt too precise. You well, know? I guess
0: I would be more quiet, but like I was just super excited to mm. see you, so I was making a lot of noise. I don't
1: know. Could there. could could also be that the the city was like very cloudy. Like I I was just coming from a super sunny day in Rome, and <laughs> uh, and and London was basically gray. Like yeah, the, the yeah. I, I it's left that time the, of the year. Uh huh. So I don't know that that with the combination of you know these these people just super focused, super like ignoring you in a way, you know, mm-hmm. it was very strange, not terrible, but just very strange, you know,
0: we are a strange people. I hope that this won't be the uh, last special business trip that you make. Um, and then maybe next time I can actually take you to some of my favorite.
1: Wait, why should it be the last?
0: I hope it won't be. I hope. <laughs> well, okay. That's what I, say. I okay. hope it won't be the last.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, you were, you were awesome, Mike. I should tell the listeners, um, Mike took care of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was uh, incredible. Uh, you know, he, he took me from one part of London back to the airport. He never left me alone. He, he, he got it all figured out for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to care about you know any of the details. So if you ever uh, if you ever need to be in London, consider becoming friends with Mike a few years in advance. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you're ever gonna be in London, just ask Mike, he'll sort it out for you. You need a train no, ticket, he'll buy I you a had, train ticket.
1: <laughs> I had a disclaimer. Consider becoming friend <laughs> friends with Mike, a few years in advance, so you can you can you know you can rest assured he will take care of you. You were a very good friend, Mike. Thank you.
0: It's pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Um there was something I wanted to ask you about, which I mentioned mm. last mm-hmm. week, right? We, so Apple had their you for 2015 results and i don't really think it's worth too much talking about the things because it's basically exactly as we expected right so uh iphone sales were higher than the previous quarter and beat expectations ipad sales were the lowest they've been in a long time right i mean none of this is a surprise Mm -hmm. uh except mac sales maybe which is like the highest mac sales on a quarter that there's been in years right uh but the revenue stuff is not I mean, it's basically the same as every other ever revenue discussion we've had over the last two years. You know, iPhones are up, Macs are doing okay, iPads are going down, but mm-hmm. still selling more iPads than Mac. But, you know, undeniable they're going down, So, which yeah. is why, you know, it goes back to us talking about the idea of the iPad Pro and, and what Apple are potentially going to be looking at doing there to try and bolster the iPad line to maintain uh, Tim's bullishness. But what I wanted to ask you, was uh how you go about assembling all of the charts um and graphics mm. that you do uh to put on the site and how you make that data where does the data come from do you have like documents that you just update every year like how does that part of it come together because you put it together really really fast
1: okay so it's all automated on my end at least the final part um So the data comes from Apple, of course. Uh, Every time they release uh, the actual announcement, you know, the press release, uh, if you look closely, there's a link to what they call the data sum. It's a summary, like a a table. It's a PDF document with a breakdown of units and revenue. It used to be more complex to read in the past, but since Apple changed the way they report uh, units and revenue, uh, I think two to three, four quarters ago maybe, uh, it's become even easier to read and to find the latest data. So you get from this Apple PDF, you get two columns. One is units uh, and the other is revenue. And it's organized by uh, device, so or rather like segment or product, you know, yeah. iPhone, iPad services, other, or region. So you get all these numbers. And what we do is, Graham, my, my co-writer at MacStories, he prepares, he, he has an Excel document that he put together with a bunch of formulas um, to generate charts. And he takes care of this document. I never make changes to the formulas. Mm-hmm. He he's, he's created this all these different commands behind the scenes. So I just need to enter the same numbers that I see in the Apple PDF. So uh, he created this quick entry box in the spreadsheet. I only need to enter like, 10 numbers and all the charts and the historical data is generated by the Excel formulas that it did. And he actually added, uh, what's it it called? The moving average uh, chart a few months ago. Now he's considering adding more comparisons in the future. But the thing is, I don't understand anything about Excel. I just know how to enter numbers and how to export images. So he prepares the the, the the day before he takes a look at the excel document he makes sure that everything's okay and he sends it to me. Uh, we prepare a draft of the article in, in advance so we can just fill in the numbers and post the article before you know right after the announcement. Yeah. So we look at the at the expectations from analysts, we look at the at the year ago quarter data. Uh, we do all of that beforehand of course. And when I get the, the Apple data summary I, on my iPad, and now it's even easier because I can do split view, uh, you know, uh, I can see two apps at the same time. So I replicate the numbers from the data sum into the Excel document. Mm-hmm. I double check this quick entry box that I have in the spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. I tap once on an image. So I got a, another sheet, which is just images. I tap once on a chart and I select copy. And then I have this workflow in the workflow app, which it's basically like three actions. It takes the clipboard. So the contents of the clipboard, it gets an image from the clipboard and it exports the image with uh, iOS extensions. So I copy in Excel, I open workflow. And again, I can put the two apps side by side to speed up the process. And I tap play, uh, I run the workflow, And it, like in two seconds, it it prepares the image and it exports it to the share sheet. So I can just upload it with my Python script to my CDN. It's optimized. And uh, in another two seconds, I have a URL to the image back in my clipboard, which I can then paste into editorial and update the the post on WordPress with another workflow that I have that is custom made for Mac Stories. So... So for just one image, like, once I have the spreadsheet with all the images, I can, now with these new workflows, I can go through the entire series of images in, like, five minutes, at most.
0: That's mind-boggling. I mean, would you ever, like, consider doing a screencast or something at some point? Like, this stuff is just so fascinating.
1: It is fascinating, but it's also very custom-made for Mac stories. Like, the Python right, part, right. Uh, okay. it, it, it communicates with Kraken, which is this uh, web service <laughs> that we use. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Do you remember yes. Kraken? That yes, I, I remember got? you
0: going many, many weeks through this process of yeah. trying to find an image resizer.
1: So for those following, it works great. We've been using it for almost a year now. Super happy. The API is great. Works with Python. Optimizes images. It's been it's been saving me a lot of money. Um, so for instance, I got this script that goes to Kraken and uploads to my um, Rackspace uh, CDN uh, container. So it's like, would it be useful to other people? Sure, but that's a very specific need you know yeah. how many yeah. how many people use Kraken and Rackspace Cloud files and then need to paste a link into editorial and use another workflow to update a post on WordPress I guess it like when when I tell you how it's done, it's fascinating, but in practice it's it's the Python scripts are really ugly because i I don't care about you know clean code, I just want to get the job. The job done. Yeah, no, um, I get it.
0: I get it. Like, it, it, so listening to you explain it is what's really fascinating to me. <laughs> but as you say, y- you could, you could basically all you'd be doing is recording it for entertainment. Like people can't really get too much out of it because they would it's, have to be yeah. writing for Mac stories, right? Yes, that because that, that's how it works. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it, it's interesting. I like to hear it because. I mean if you trace back to the beginnings of this show and like, you know, to the prompt and, and back further, like just listening to the way that you have optimized all of this stuff oh, so yeah. it works on an iPad is just so fascinating to me. Um as I try and as I try and personally put more thought into using an iPad, um, more in my daily life. There is just an element of all of this which is really, really interesting to me. As to how can I start to leverage the incredible power that some of these applications have to get some of the work done that I need, um, and and it's I, it's just something that I'm starting to think about a little bit more. So I'm mm. I'm just becoming more and more interested to hear about some of the mm. bat poop crazy things that you do <laughs> with your iPad, and it is mad. It really is mad, and and like I hear you do it, and I'm like. Could someone do this as quick on a Mac? Like, I don't know. Oh, right? I tried for many years, believe yeah. me. I mean, for some reason for you, this this OS just matches with your yes. way of working, right? That is what this fundamentally is like. It, it, it really fits with your brain. Because, yeah. you know, you look at somebody like Jason, right? So Jason does a very similar thing on Six Colors, and he's able to put his stuff up real quick, right? So he has obviously worked out a way to do it on the Mac that makes super sense to him. So it's just really interesting to me to see uh, how you're able to do it compared to how other people are able to do it. It's just uh, it's just something that I find quite interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I spend many, many weeks trying to optimize to uh, to the point where you start wondering, is the time I spend optimizing really worth the effort in the end? And the answer is for these very... Daily and and re- recurring tasks, yes, absolutely. Because the time that's that, that I saved, you know, with these workflows to automate markdown or image uploading. Uh, I mean, for the iOS nine review, I had more than two hundred screenshots, and doing that without my scripts would have been crazy. So yes, I may have wasted you know a couple of weeks trying to find the perfect image uploading and optimizing mm-hmm. service. Mm-hmm. But it saved me a lot of money because, you know, images are optimized and my CDN bill is lower. And it saved me a lot of time that I spent uh, reading and rereading again the article. So uh, it, you got to be careful with the kind of optimizations and kind of how much tweaking do you want to do. Because it can be a rabbit hole, right? You can spend your life optimizing for, you know, uh, this potential future where you always need to be more optimized. Uh, So you got to find an area, I guess, where you really see the practical benefits of, you know, scripts and automation. That's how I look at this problem.
0: All right, let me take a break. And I want to talk about one of your favorite applications, uh, Outlook. (laughs) and what is going on with with Outlook and what Microsoft are up to because it's it's interesting, to say the least. But first, I want to talk about one of our lovely sponsors, and that is our good friend, Mr. Andrew Carroll of NCH Tax & Wealth. So this is a simple ad about a difficult thing. Taxes. Taxes are a nightmare. Nobody wants to do taxes. Taxes are horrible. It's super difficult to try and understand. Think about me. I have to do taxes in two countries. I have to know two systems, uh, and it's disgusting as a thing, and I never want to do anything about it. So I need help, and Andrew actually does help me. So trying to understand how to get all of the paperwork set up, how to get all the tax stuff in place is just something that most people have no idea of how to do. Like, where are you going to learn this? Otherwise, you've got to put the time in. It's just something that has to be done. You have to deal with it. And when you're trying to just make the thing that you want to make, it can be really easy to just fall into a trap where you're not being efficient enough and you end up paying too much tax, right? Because you're not putting the effort and time into it that you're going to need. So maybe you are a freelancer right now. You're doing some work on the side. Maybe you are fully independent, right? You have your own business, or you're you have a dream of doing something like this one day and being an independent content creator. This message. Is for you. Andrew Carroll, CPA of NCH Tax and Wealth, is a big fan of all the great shows at Real AFM, and is also our accountant, as I mentioned. So I vouch for him. He knows what he's doing. He's done some great work for us, and he has a solution for all of you. He's written a new ebook. It's called The Freelancer's Guide to Escaping Taxes. It's all about how to understand what you need to do to make sure you're being efficient and effective. how you do with your taxes and just paying what you need to pay and not ending up being in a situation where you're paying more tax than you should be. Andrew believes that business should be simple so he's made this free guide for people who just want to learn how to make their freelance tax life that little bit easier. In a nutshell it simply breaks down how to legally and correctly reduce the taxes that you're paying with step-by-step instructions that anybody can can follow. Andrew can also help with almost anything related to business, taxes, or investments. And if you're a freelancer, you should be going to grab this free guide today over at CPAAndrew.com/relay. You can also find Andrew on Twitter. He is at CPA Andrew. Thank you so much to Andrew Carroll of NCH Tax and Wealth for sponsoring this week's episode of Connected. He's such a great guy. He just had a kid. Congratulations to the Carroll family. Sunrise is becoming a part of Outlook, right? Mm. This was announced earlier this week. So Sunrise was a calendar app. Um, Outlook was previously an app called Accompli. Microsoft bought them both and is now starting to roll Sunrise into Outlook. And with now they're the,
1: making a baby.
0: Yes, they're basically <laughs> making Outlook Jr. And Outlook Jr., uh, unfortunately kills off his mom's sunrise. <laughs> right?
1: Wow, that's is, creepy. Is that how this
0: ends up? This is yes. it, right? This is what they're looking to do. They're looking to roll sunrise into Outlook and then kill sunrise. Yes. So um, tell, tell me what's going on here. Like is it perfect if they put exactly no. what we need?
1: No, not yet. It's a, it's a, basically, the change right now is on paper because the, the, the Sunrise that they merged into Outlook is not really Sunrise. Uh, I mean, they, they, with the latest update on the App Store, they uh, refreshed the interface of Outlook a little bit. And they apparently got the Sunrise team to redo the interface of Outlook to kind of polish the uh, the way the emails are displayed, conversations, uh, the icons are new. There's a bunch of new uh, indicators for, um, you know, events and, and unread emails. It's, it's, it's more polished. Uh, but the calendar section is really... the the, the pre-existing Outlook calendar only a little more refined, but if you were hoping to find all the many great touches of Sunrise, like uh, when you type an event that contains a specific word like meeting or uh, doctor, you get a custom icon next to the event's name. So it helps you visually, you know, uh, organize your calendar based on icons. There's no such thing as custom icons yet. Or, you know, there's no support for Integrations with third-party services, so you could get your to-doist tasks or you know your Foursquare checking information uh, right alongside your calendar events. Uh, Microsoft says that all of these pre-existing features will come back to Outlook in the future, and they're looking to release updates before the end of the year to bring feature parity between Sunrise and Outlook. Uh, until that time, they say we will keep Sunrise on the App Store until we have the same functionalities on both. Apps, so we can discontinue Sunrise and move all users back to Outlook. And I got to wonder, will it be too much to kind of take everything that made Sunrise great, but it was, you know, a dedicated app and kind of push it into Outlook where the calendar view is a tab of the app? Of course, it can be a full app. It's a section of Outlook. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if it'll be too much or if maybe we'll end up with some kind of you know, lightweight version of Sunrise with some of the features that used to be, you know, the entire app. Uh, We don't know yet, uh, but there's a lot missing right now. So it's not really Sunrise. Uh, There's a promise of Sunrise coming to Outlook and we got a uh, more like a cleaned up interface uh, in the meantime, Uh, but we're we're still not looking at Sunrise inside Outlook. Uh, We got to wait a few more more months according to, to the Microsoft blog.
0: So, on the Sunrise blog, they said that you can expect features like interesting calendars, connected mm-hmm. apps, and our three day view to show up before the end of the year. So, this maybe shows a commitment to bring some of the more interesting things yeah. from Sunrise. In my opinion, if they can do this, if they can pull this off, this is killer, right? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, if yeah. they, because, okay, so I'm still in mailbox land, okay? Anybody that's listened to Cortex re- a couple of weeks ago knows that I'm in absolute just disarray about my email application situation. (laughs) Um, But I am using Outlook as well. So I'm like using them both. I'm trying to like slowly move over to Outlook because I really like that app. I think it's got a lot of great stuff. The watch stuff is really good. That works really great. I like all of that. Um, The app itself works really nicely. The search is pretty good. So I'm trying to like get into the mindset of, of using an app like that. My main problem at the moment is Outlook on the desktop sucks, sucks. It's nothing like this one, and and if if Microsoft like just turned around and said here is Outlook and it f- has all of the great features from the iOS versions, I would switch tomorrow. That's the that's the only thing that's kind of like holding me back is right, like I, you know, it because Outlook can do a bit of that email manipulation stuff, right, like the snoozing of emails and stuff like that. So if I want to do that, I want that to be mirrored across all of my. Uh, platforms and the Outlook Mac app is not so good right now, um, so I'm kind of like floating between the two of them. But the Outlook app itself is—it's just—it's fantastic. It's and they—you know—they—they they seem to be really dedicated. Like it's iOS nine compatible, it's split screen compatible. It's yeah, you know, they—they—they they, they, they just released the Watch OS two app. Like this is whoever's building this, whether it's like technically Microsoft or it's still the Accomply team, right? I don't know how it actually works. Um, it seems like things are going pretty well there. So I guess we can probably hope that it's going to be okay, right? That they are going to do what they said they were going to do? Oh, Is yeah. Is that fair?
1: They even said they got 30 million active users each month. So, you know, that's a lot of people using Outlook. and. I think they made a great choice with acquiring company because clearly they had some kind of vision for the future of this app. And Microsoft, unlike Google, is being extremely conscious of the fact that they cannot force their own metaphors for functionality and interface from another platform onto iOS. They're, they're being extremely good citizens mm-hmm. when it comes to adopting interface Um You know, paradigms on iOS, new technologies such as iOS 9, support for bigger iPads, uh, multitasking, watchOS, they're they're really doing a good job there. And, you know, the idea of integrations coming to Outlook via Sunrise, it's not only interesting, I think, because of the potential utility in the calendar. So you see, you know, all these other details about external services into, you know, your, your list of events. But when you think about it, having To Doist integration into Outlook, it could mean that you should be able to save emails from, you know, the email part of Outlook into To Doist because you're not, you'll be no longer connecting, you know, a service to Sunrise. You will be connecting it to 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 Outlook, which is the entire email app. So the potential for doing even more with the integrations is. You know, huge. You could connect your email inbox to a task manager and save emails as tasks, and then you could also see tasks in the in the calendar. You could do a bunch of crazy things
0: there. Because apparently they're going to be integrating with you know Microsoft-owned Wunderlist as well, or Wunderlist, I should say.
1: Yeah, uh, they said they don't plan to uh, do the same thing with Wunderlist to kind of. Uh, no,
0: not to like swallow it up, but there's like yeah. there was a post on their uh dev forum I think which was that it's basically said that they were looking to, to have task integration built into nice. Outlook and list yeah. is obviously top of that list cuz it's part of the same company. Nice. But, yeah, that would be a disaster, right? Trying to bring that inside of Outlook. Like you got to stop somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you
1: got to stop somewhere. Uh, uh that's why I'm I'm both kind of concerned and curious to see what they do with all these integrations to see how much they can enhance uh, a client without uh, an email client without making it too complex or you know too complicated to use because there's too many options too many settings. It's great. I think that they're trying to modernize emails, uh, email by by looking at all these integrations and trying to be, you know, we wanna we wanna embrace all these new iOS technologies. We wanna we wanna be a great iOS app, and that's great. Uh, but I. I don't want to see them doing too much just to say, hey, we got all these features, we got all these options, and now people no longer know how to use the app. Uh, so that's always a risk, of course, you know, feature creep. Uh, you, you don't want to do that. So I guess we'll see how it goes before before Christmas. They said before the end of the year they want to do updates with Sunrise features, so we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to keep my eye on this one. Uh, I hope that it, it goes... Where well, we hope it will. I mean, there's a lot of potential here to make a real killer productivity app. Um, yeah. And, and Microsoft is still the company that can make that kind of stuff happen, especially now. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, Federico, yesterday when we were embracing mm-hmm. for the afternoon, Twitter exploded yeah. and turned faves into likes and replaced yeah. styles of hearts. How do you feel about this? I don't feel,
1: (laughs) I mean, whatever, right? It's an icon. It's like, there's, I think people are reading way too much into this. Uh, Like, I understand that the fave among some circles of tech nerds, it's like an institution, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the fave, the the fave religion, like the fave meant this and it meant that. There's the sub fave and there's, you need to realize that these nerds are the same people who are, at the same time, they're arguing for the future of Twitter, Twitter needs more people, Twitter needs more friendly, and when Twitter does something that's more friendly and more understandable, they 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 they, they scream in revolt. They, they, they're just, oh my god, Twitter is kidding us, you know? I just don't understand. It's, I mean, you want to save a tweet, uh, now it's a heart instead of a star? Whatever, you can still do the same thing, it's just for the common user who doesn't know twitter doesn't know me could be more familiar with facebook let's not hide the fact that people know facebook more than twitter if we really if you really want twitter to be more popular i mean they tried you know with the stars for a few years at this point so try something new could always be good for the business you know you got you got to make it more approachable for for millions of other potential users and i know that fa- uh, you know hearts likes won't save Twitter if the company needs any saving if they won't bring two hundred million new users to 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 Twitter tomorrow morning. Uh, but it's you know changing a product is a series of many changes, many little changes. and it's easy to be you know the kind of armchair critic who knows best what's you know what, what's best for every company in the valley. Uh, I think as usual, with any of these you know changes and and kind of memes that explode on Twitter. A lot of nerds need to chill and to understand that the world doesn't care too much about faves. And I say this as someone who, over the years, has has accrued like thousands upon thousands of faves. I love the fave. I love the star. But if Twitter decides that it needs to try some new things around, like moments, like likes, you know, all these other changes to make sure that more people get to know Twitter more easily. And if the functionality doesn't go away, I'm all for it, you know? And I, I don't particularly mind having a heart in, in my Twitter stream. I think we yeah. need more hearts, honestly. My,
0: my feeling about this is it's just a different icon acts in the exact same way. Yes. You can put your own feeling onto it. But the thing is, the reason that I think this is this works is so many other social networks use hearts. Yeah. Yeah. And and I know that like, you know, people are saying that Facebook is, you know, they call it likes and they use a thumb and they do that for a reason. But Facebook owned Instagram uses hearts. Vine uses hearts. Periscope uses hearts. Apple Music uses hearts. Exactly, but like considering the fact that t- 3 of the companies that Twitter owns uses hearts for their system like this. It makes like you know they have like Vine uses hearts, Periscope uses hearts. It makes sense to me that Twitter uses hearts. And it might upset you, right? Because you like the stars. But I would say to most people that are upset at this. Remember how everybody felt when Twitter instituted the retweet? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You know, like the official retweet. People were really mad about that.
1: Oh, yeah. Like like the world was ending, basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would try not to worry about this. Of all the things Twitter could do, this is not too bad. Yeah, Yeah. I wanted to see what you thought of it. And you feel pretty much exactly the same as I do, which is good to see.
1: Yeah, I feel like, you know, there's always some tension between the... So I call it the idealistic nerd who, mm. on paper... Is all for change, you know. Mm-hmm. We need to change. We need to evolve. Technology needs to embrace more people, uh, and all that, you know, all th- those ideals. But then, when change is upon the idealistic nerd, uh, he, he, he tends to 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 kind of hide and and be defensive about it and say, No, I don't want change. Why are you changing this? So on paper, you're pushing for, you know, I want more people of all extractions, people who understand. Other popular networks, other popular pieces of software. I want those people to also understand my software. So beforehand, you say, "Yeah, we need to be more open. You need, we need to change. We need to explore." And then when you when you do when you do get the change, it's the end of the world as you know it. And that's just a, such such a peculiar and um, I don't want to say you know silly, but uh, but I'm gonna say. You need to you need to understand and I realize this is a very specific problem because the world doesn't care about faves and likes, but we are talking about it. So you need to understand that these things people don't care about. But if you change them, if you make the entire package in a bunch of places, so it's an icon there, it's a menu here, you know if you make all these little changes, they do add up over time. So people may not care about the the, the history or the politics behind the fave and the like, but a social network like Twitter is a bunch of little features. So they may not care about, you know, the, the behind-the-scenes stuff as we as geeks do, but the overall product can be, you know, beneficial to people, you know, like my mom, who doesn't understand Twitter. And he, she uses Twitter just to read my tweets in English. You know, it, I don't understand why she does that, but if a heart icon, which she knows, is simpler to use and more understandable than a star, and my mom starts using likes on Twitter, I guess that's that's a good thing. So you know, change, change is a weird beast. Uh, we we appreciate the the idea of change but many times when they change our software we are mad about it and i guess you know this will be an unpopular opinion uh but we'll be fine that's what i think we'll be fine it's a hard it's not you know it could have been a worse icon you know it could have been i don't know a dollar it could have been a lamp a little egg it could have been a little egg. It could have been. It could have been a bird. It's a heart, so you know. Unless your CGP Grey was a robot, uh, everyone has a heart and will be fine.
0: Well, I want to know that I heart you. Uh, I heart and, you uh, too, Mike. And I also heart Harry's who sponsored sponsoring. Oh <laughs>
1: wow, that's
0: perfect! Look at that! Look at that! It is November, which means it's time for Movember. If you've never heard of Movember, Movember is a time during the month of November when you will see guys grow crazy-looking moustaches in support of men's health issues. So I remember when I was working in the company that I was in before I I quit to, to become independent, and during this time... Know, working in the city or working in big buildings, it was always funny to see loads of guys with varying levels of terrible moustaches, right? Some people would have great ones, some people could like barely grow them, but it was a lot of fun and it was a great way to benefit a good cause by raising donations from friends and family. Well, Harry's is the official razor partner of the Movember Foundation, and they will be donating money and helping raise awareness of this campaign. So if you're looking to get involved in Movember, you're going to need a great razor to help you. So you should be checking out Harry's. They have fantastic blades that they make themselves. They have a, a great uh, company that like, they actually bought a blade manufacturer because they knew they needed the right blades and they have great products their razors are really cool they look great they feel great in the hand they're great to use i mean you know you people say about me with my beard of course i have a beard but to get a great looking beard like the one i have you have to trim that bad boy and you need a great razor to do that you have to keep keep the lines clean and you also have to keep your face feeling good too. I love Harry's uh, face aftershave moisturizer. I use it to just keep my face moisturized, as well as some of the other products that I use. Um, and if I when if and when I ever do shave, you know, and I and I use the lovely Harry's products to do that, I make sure that I use their foaming shave gel, which is a great little gel that you put put into your hands, you rub it together, and it becomes a foam. It's very very magical, and I love it. Harrys.com deliver a superior shave for an incredible price. They will. Send and ship out your packages for free. They believe in uh, free shipping to your door. And it's with their website, it's also super simple to use. It takes less than 30 seconds to place an order with Harry's. And they really do believe in delivering great customer service. Over 1 million people now have made the switch to Harry's for their shave. The starter set is a fantastic deal. And with our code that I'm going to give you in a minute, you'll be able to pick it up for yourself for just $10. And this includes a razor handle, three blade cartridges, and your choice of shaving cream or foaming shave gel delivered to your door with free shipping. And Harry's also gives 1% of their sales and 1% of their time back to the communities they serve, as well as helping raise money for the Movember Foundation. So you're doing good and doing good for your. Go to Harrys.com right now, and as a special offer for listeners of this show, you'll get five dollars off your first order with the code Connected. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. Use the code Connected at checkout. Thank you so much to Harrys for their support of this show. So, uh, the Apple TV now. We, on on Upgrade this week, me and Jason were joined by Joe Steele, and we kind of really went into the device and picked it apart and said the things that we liked and kind of focused quite a bit on the things that we didn't like from a kind of hardware perspective, the setup stuff and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to talk about some different things with you today, Federico. I wanted to talk about apps and games. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... First off, though, I wanted because you know we haven't had the chance to talk about this yet. Um, I want to get your thoughts on the hardware itself. Like, what do you think about the Apple TV? Do you like the remote? Um,
1: the Apple TV is fine, it's just a small box. Yeah, TV remote. Um, I I do like with two potentially major reservations. Um, first one is the trackpad is okay for navigation. I don't think they're, they're doing, at least developers or Apple, I don't know who's to blame here. I don't think the trackpad does a good job for games. Uh, it's too small. Uh, I find myself, you know, struggling to control games with the trackpad. So I have to use a controller and I just don't think it makes for a good... Input mechanism for games, at least those that I've tried so far could be that those games are conversions from iOS and will get an Apple TV only, you know, exclusive game in the future that truly understands the trackpad. That day is not today. second problem is that I'm constantly getting the orientation of the remote wrong uh, because, uh, you know, the, the controls on the remote are exactly in the middle. And the remote is entirely black. And there's a symmetry between the top half and the bottom half. So when I'm picking it up in the dark, uh, because I'm watching TV or playing a game and I want to change something with the remote, I'm constantly... Switching the bottom half for the top one, so um, either swiping on the wrong part of the of the remote or um, tapping you know a button instead of the other because it's basically upside down. And I know you can feel the re- the remote uh, by touching the different surfaces of the of the glass and the uh, and, and the trackpad. But it's not enough for me to quickly understand. Whereas the old one, at a glance, you could tell: okay, the controls are at the top, so this is your the right orientation of the remote. Uh, now it's mostly symmetrical between the two, uh, you know, the two halves of the device, and it's. I'm really struggling to pick it up in the in the correct way, or to at least by feel quickly adjusting it in my hand, so I make sure that I'm controlling the right. End of the remote, uh, but aside from that, uh, which maybe it's something that I will get used to, I don't know. Um, I think it's fine. Uh, it's a, it's a nice upgrade from the previous Apple TV, and I'm not a huge TV. What do you say, consumer? Um, mm-hmm. I don't watch TV. I only watch TV shows and the occasionally the occasional comedy movie. So, you know, I'm not a movie person. I know
0: that. Yeah, it's a shame that Stephen isn't here this week because obviously we, me and you have spoken about this. Like We don't really have much to say on a TV front, which is why I was more interested in your opinion on apps and games, right? So maybe he can fill us yeah. in about how he's using it as a TV box. Just a quick aside.
1: Someone wasn't happy about my, my comments on not knowing... Uh, Fassbender, the actor from the Steve Jobs movie, and that person said that I sounded condescending. Uh, I'm sorry if I did, but I'm—it wasn't meant as a slide to people who watch movies. I think, I think everyone is, should have his own hobby, and there's nothing wrong about watching movies. It's just I don't watch a lot of movies. It I I do keep up with the occasional gossip from Hollywood. And Mm. Fassbender is a name that I haven't heard before. I asked my close friends and my parents if they knew who this actor is. I showed them pictures. They didn't know him. I I was just saying from my limited understanding of pop culture and famous actors from Hollywood, I've never seen this person before. Now, this listener got really upset at my tone. And I'm sorry if you did, but it's just, you know... I don't know this person, so it's just. And I, I like to make fun and crack a few jokes here and there, but I'm not condescending. I think people who watch movies, people who, watch, who play video games, people who read books, they're all hobbies, and it's great. So
0: there's. I think you know... what we've learned is just nobody in Italy knows who Michael Fassbender is. That's Probably. He has, he has an Italy problem. He, he has we, need an... To, we need to get onto his agent. He has an Italy yeah. problem yeah so anyway, <laughs> I want to talk about some of the things some of the games and stuff that I've like now we both have the Nimbus controller, right? Yes. Um, now I wasn't gonna get one of these, but I tried out a few games and I could see some potential in them, so I decided that I'd pick up the controller because like Alto's adventure is a game that I love very dearly. Um, and I tried playing it on the Apple TV with the remote and it's kind of broken, you know you, you have to click the remote to make yeah. the to make Alto jump. Um, or any of the characters that you're playing. I play as Maya. She is my favorite character. I think she's the best. Um, You should really be tapping, I think, to make it work. Because when you click on the the remote, there's just a slight delay, but that's all it takes. But on the controller, using the Nimbus controller, it's brilliant. It works perfectly. And I found that with so many games. Like Crossy Road Mm -hmm. sucks with the remote. Trying to move the little guy around. You can't do it quick enough. But with a D-pad on a Nimbus controller, it's awesome. Right, yeah. Like, um, so Geometry Wars, I I wouldn't even attempt to play Geometry Wars be- oh, with no. the uh with the remote because do Geometry Wars is a double stick, a double analog stick game, right? It always has been. That's how you play it. Again, works pretty good on the Nimbus controller. I d- I d- I'm not a big fan of their um analog sticks. I don't think that they're very great and they're very comfortable. Yeah. But the, the rest of the controller itself is good. It feels good in the hand. It's not massively expensive. It's the price of a controller. Um, but you know, Geometry Wars plays well on it. Uh, Asphalt 8 as well I tried out. Um which is fine. My problem with that is like that game is graphically quite intensive. So every time I was selecting something it was having to download more content, right? You know, mm-hmm. like the the whole uh on demand Content or whatever it's called, the on-demand something, um, it was having to download a lot of those. It plays fine. It tries to be a console game. It doesn't look like a console game, but it tries to be one. And it and like, you know again does a good job with the controller. So overall, like this is just again shown to me like why why isn't there a controller? Like that is the only real way to play games on this thing, except for Beat Sports, which is charming, and I love it. Did you have you play Beat no. Sports? I oh no. Federico you've got to get Beat Sports oh
1: yeah is it a single player or multiplayer game
0: it is single player but you can have multiplayer but I think the multiplayer is a bit weird but play the single player I'm telling you it's great you know you, okay. s- you were just saying a moment ago about like the game design for Apple TV huh. that's it okay right? Because when you play on the iPhone, you just swipe left and right. I believe, like when you're doing two-player, like you uh-huh. use an iPhone for it, and you swipe left and right. Is my understanding? I think that's how you do it. But you you use the little um, remote. It's like a bat to hit. So you like swing the bat around. It, it that is the game designed for the Apple TV. It takes advantage of what is in the Apple TV remote, and it's great. The rest of them need the controller. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree. I've only I've been playing. Uh, I played a bunch of Crossy Road and Asphalt, but I really spent a few hours, like five hours so far, playing Oceanhorn mm-hmm. on the Apple TV. Mm-hmm. So I bought the original game on the iPad when it came out. Played the first 30 minutes, didn't stick with me. Uh, I, I never finished the game. Now I'm playing on the TV. The game has been remastered to uh, uh, full HD, 60 frame frames per second. It looks fantastic on the TV. And okay... It's really I wouldn't say a rip-off, but it's a Zelda clone.
0: <laughs> yeah, Oceanhorn is basically a uh, homage to an homage to Zelda.
1: Very strong one, uh, down to some of the music. I can see some similarities there. Uh, The controls, the items, uh, the the entire uh, mechanic of moving from island to island has basically been lifted from Zelda Wind Waker. Uh, It's very Zelda-inspired, let's say. But it's a good game, you know? The atmosphere is good, the colors are fantastic, looks great on the Apple TV, plays very nice with the Nimbus controller, and it's the closest thing to a Zelda game I could have right now, especially following the disappointment of, of Triforce Heroes mm-hmm. on the 3DS mm-hmm. and not showing uh, the new Zelda on the Wii U. I want to play some uh, Zelda-like game. I can play Oceanhorn on the Apple TV. It's a good game. It's, it's, you can tell where it comes from, but it's a good game.
0: Now, my understanding was that charts had made their way to the Apple TV.
1: Yeah, but only...
0: Not for me. <laughs> okay.
1: not f- only in the US App Store, I think. Right,
0: okay. Yeah, weird that that's not there. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's just because there's not enough apps?
1: Ah, oh, wh- Why? Mo- mo- most of the... Uh, most of uh, Apple TV apps, they're available in, in more than just the US, you know? Yeah, yeah it's weird, it's not... right? Maybe logistics. Maybe, I don't know, but... Uh, Maybe the guy who works at the European office is just sleeping i don't know <laughs> uh, he hasn't no the idea chart yet. no idea uh there's there, there's no real reason here because the Apple TV came out in a bunch of countries at once. apps tend to be available in multiple markets on the app store. so why is there no top chart section outside of the uh, of America um i don't know no idea mike it's a it's a weird omission that's what I'm going to say.
0: Uh I saw a tweet. Um go I saw by. this thing as well. So this is from a guy uh by the name Mike Piatek Jimenez, I'm going to say. And he had a an app called Seasonality TV, yeah, which was number 31 in the top grossing overall in the tvOS app store. Um with only and he says in 4 days, total 4 days, uh the app had made $200. Now I don't, right, so I don't think that's very good, right, numbers-wise. No, that doesn't no. feel to be number 31, right? $200. So I think what this maybe highlights is the limited market that is currently existing for the Apple TV.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I also, I, I, I want to say, I think Apple didn't help third-party developers with this launch. Uh, the App Store was especially limited. Uh no, Categories to browse. Uh, Search, of course, was too difficult to do with the trackpad because there's no remote update to type on the iPhone. So they weren't exactly helping developers uh, with, say, ways for users to find their apps. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that maybe those games and those apps that were featured on the front page, they got some nice sales, maybe. I don't know, I'm not a, you know... I'm not those developers but for all these other guys uh, with with apps on the on the Apple TV App Store you you got to give people a, an easier way to find their apps so you cannot link to apps uh, if you want to search for an app you got to type the name on the, on the trackpad.
0: Which because is you can't awful. search by Siri for apps either.
1: can search for Siri using Siri. Uh, there's no categories to browse. So now you have top charts. But what about the first four to five days when it's, you know, the first day, the moment you get a TV out of the box, you say, okay, what am I supposed to download here? That's when you gotta give people ways to discover apps. So you, instead, you got, what you got them is a featured page on the App Store. So imagine this. Imagine if the Apple Watch launched to a single App Store with no categories, no ways to search easily, and without the iOS App Store as a backend, which is where I would argue most people found apps for the Apple Watch. It's it's really problematic if you're an indie developer and you were hoping to get some kind of promotion or at least visibility. You know, not necessarily to be featured, but to be found, and that's a problem. When you know,
0: it's like imagine a department store where they just showed you what's in the windows and you uh-huh. couldn't go inside and you had yeah. to talk to a guy through a little hole in the window and tell him what you wanted and, you and he's like tell him- he's like i've got tons of stuff in the stock in like in the back here like if you want something and you're like well what you got and he's got well just tell me a letter and we'll start the search <laughs> right like, it's, it's not how it works man like you gotta you gotta try and surface it like already there's not a ton of ways for people to discover things in the iOS app store um giving people even less places to find things in the in the Apple TV app store is is not great i mean like i want it to mirror this like so uh, to, to, to underscore this point a little bit um i'm looking at the Apple TV app store right now and it's the best looking app store right mm-hmm. like those little um the way you can like I don't know what you'd call it, but like move the little cards around and see the 3D effects. Like it's awesome. Like the, the whole UI is one of my favorite like yes. UI designs that Apple has ever done. It's so clean. I love that all of the artwork, like it doesn't got the names anywhere, like until you hover over them. Um, and the artwork is nice rectangles, which are na- enable like more interest in design. Like I think all of that is great. But there's there's just some parts of it that just make it very 1.0. And, and the problem is... See, the problem is, and the reason why... like, I think people that are being a bit critical of this... I think it's justified when Apple was saying, like, this is the future of TV, right? Like, this is the best thing ever. So you expect it to be super, super awesome. And there are some really great things about it, right? Um, but I'm just... Being like this is a slow burner for me like there is a lot of work that needs to happen from developer side from Apple side to really make this the next big platform I think there's the potential there um there's some really interesting stuff that you can do with this type of technology and to have something connected to such a big screen but I think that there is a lot more that needs to be done and one of the first things that needs to happen is Apple need to make a video game controller because they need they need to just just. Put their money where their mouth is with it, right? The Nimbus yeah. controller is great and they're promoting it. Awesome. But I think it would make a bigger statement if Apple made one. It doesn't even have to be good. They're just going to make one, right? Just to say, like, this is what you do. This is how you make this. Um, so there's a brand new show on Relay FM today called Under the Radar. Um, and mm-hmm. It's by Mark Alman and underscore David Smith. We are honored to, to host this show. It's about development. Uh, they talk about kind of everything that goes into being a developer. And it's a weekly show, no longer than 30 minutes, which is fantastic. So um, let's get started. It, that is the whole thing. <laughs> no, but that's the whole thing, right? I, I just need
1: to say it. I can't help it. I need to say that. I have time. lost count
0: of the amount of times I've seen people say, let's get started today. So it's, you know, it's, riffing, on, it's riffing on Developing Perspective. And that's it, right? So it's Developing Perspective, which was uh, Underscore's show previously was 15 minutes. So there's two of them now, so it 's thirty minutes, so it's basically the the merging of development and perspective and build and analyze so that's the promotion part that I wanted to talk about. but they had a great discussion on their episode that came out today about adapting to the market, and both of them were talking about the fact that right now neither of them have anything in the store, right, but they both got the dev kits, but the problem that they found was trying to devote the time. To make something for another platform, mm-hmm. right? So they both have iOS apps, they both have iPad apps, they both have services that they need to run, they both have watch apps. So it was like to be an independent iOS app developer in in and to be like you know a fully good one, if you as you'd say, you have to do a lot of work on a lot of different platforms. And it's I th- listening to the way that they were talking about it, it feels like that there is potential harm for this platform because it is yet another one to work for which is unproven and the only way it is proven it's like a chicken and egg scenario right you need the apps to make it a great platform but to make it for to, to incentivize people to make the apps the platform has to be great yeah what do you exactly. think do you think that the apple tv has the potential
1: yes but it needs time yeah. you know and it needs many updates Especially when 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 the this pot- potentially strongest advocates for your new device, so people like us, uh, they are annoyed by some very clear limitations that you should have seen coming. Uh, you gotta make those people happy first. As people start recommending the product. The product becomes more uh, you know understandable by the masses. So search the remote. You gotta fix these basic things. I think. And with the device that, you know, and especially App Store Discovery, I feel like we're repeating the same mistakes over and over. And I would strongly advise developers to consider carefully whether they want to make their apps and games universal downloads on iOS and tvOS or standalone downloads on tvOS. So, you know, do your math, consider your, your costs. For, uh, for for you know making software for iOS TVOS then you got to use some web components iCloud maybe have a watchOS version it's a lot of platforms man it's a it's a lot of different devices that you got to account mm-hmm. for so if you're a developer, don't just maybe jump on yet another TV version of your app. Like many developers did Watch kit versions of their apps back in April. And how, how many of you are using those apps now anyway? Uh, so maybe take your time, you know? It won't be the end of the world. The, the, the TV is not as quickly adopted as a new iPhone. So you get time, consider the platform, see where it's going. And I I would strongly advise Apple to start releasing updates to fix these basic annoyances and to take a good hard look at the App Store and consider how if they want the future future of the TV to be the Apple TV, and if that future includes apps, you got to make it easy for people to support apps, to find apps, to install and manage apps. So, you know, we need updates and we need time. We got we got to check back after the the next few updates to see how, how it's going.
0: Uh I'm not sure how I feel about the universal app. Yeah, me the Apple TV. I feel like this really should have been one where they didn't do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's let me say right as a consumer, it's really great that I just went to my purchase tab and downloaded a bunch of video games for free, right? That's cool as a consumer. But that it feels dangerous for the development community to be like the expectation that this is like this is something completely different. This is a TV. It's yeah. not iOS, right? It's not even. It's not called iOS. I know it is iOS, basically, but it's not called that. This was a scenario where Apple could have said, you know, like you're used to with many of your apps on the Mac and iOS, your preferences and your saves will sync across using iCloud. But you need to pay again for this stuff. That I, I believe that's what should have happened because you know, we're talking about the idea of how difficult it is for developers to have to put another system in. Well, now for many of them, this is adding another system in, more development time, for no more money. That's mm. a problem to me. I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know what to think yet. Yeah. You know. Uh, I, I guess like I want
0: Services like Netflix, services like YouTube, right? Yeah, like I mean, of free course. apps that benefit from being everywhere. Like, of course, they remain free. But Crossy Road and Transistor and, and uh, Oceanhorn, like, I feel like you should be paying again for these games. I, I really do. I, it's difficult. It's really difficult to to think about it because you know like i think about it as a consumer like me and you are always complaining on virtual about the fact that you have to play uh that like that that nintendo don't sync your game saves and stuff like that and and they you don't do cross buy and cross buy is really great but it, it, i don't know man it just it feels it feels like it's really kind of making it difficult for people to make money yeah I don't i i c it's difficult because right? i like I'll be honest about it like i'm i'm you kind of sit in the middle of it you can be a friend to developers and understanding what they go through, and then you think about it as a consumer and it's like it's awesome that I pay two ninety nine and I've got this game everywhere. It's a real kind of tough line, but I feel like this was one where they at least could have just started again um and made people pay again, but that hasn't happened and and I think that ultimately that may be a problem for Apple TV. Uh, Did you have anything else that you wanted to add on this?
1: Yes, just a, no, not on on the TV, but a quick note before we end the show, I got an email about uh, an update to Evernote on the App Store, Hmm. which now supports sketches in notes. Hmm. Uh, You can now draw sketches and it supports uh, multitasking and it's been updated for the iPad Pro with Apple Pencil support. Well, this is interesting, right? That they're doing sketches exactly like notes, basically. Of course. Uh, and uh, part of me says they must have felt the pressure from the free notes app, but also Evernote owns Penultimate, you know, the sketching app. So I wonder if it will be kind of merged into 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 Evernote, like Microsoft is doing for Sunrise and Outlook. Uh, but it's interesting, you know, that Evernote is now doing, uh, trying to do the same feature set of the the free notes app, and you know, with support for the iPad Pro, Apple Pencil. It's, it'll be interesting to test this uh, to see to see what they're doing here.
0: Yeah, it's gonna, it's, I, I think it is going to be interesting over the next few weeks, right? Because the yeah. rumor is maybe next week the iPad Pro goes on sale. Yeah. I saw that on Nine to Five Mac. Um, it's going to be interesting over the next week or so to, to see the, the apps that are being updated and if they're going to take advantage of the iPad pro. So this is another one, right? This is another one that is like potentially going to be coming, you know, adding more work in yeah. for these people. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah I don't know. It's, I want to see it's yet another feature in Evernote, you know, like another one. Um, We'll see. We'll see how
0: it goes, Mike. All right, I think it's time to wrap up. Uh, we wish our Android-loving friend, Stephen Hackett to to get better soon. Uh, but if you want to find the show notes for this week, you will find us all online. There's a there's a few things that you can do. You can go on over to relay.fm/slash connected/slash sixty four if you want to find our show notes for this week. If you want to find Federico online, he is at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I on Twitter. And he writes over at maxstories.net. And I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E on Twitter, if you'd like to follow along there. I'll mention it again. Go check out Under the Radar. It's a great new show from Relay FM. We're so excited uh, to have a development-focused show on the network. I feel like it was one of the last things, really, um, in, in our technology coverage that we were missing on the network. Uh, and so I'm really, really happy that we have something that's focused now on indie app development, um, and we have two fantastic indie app developers to to kind of talk about this stuff. So go check it out. It's only 30 minutes every Tuesday, so it's not going to take a massive chunk out of your listening time either. Thanks again to our sponsors this week, the great people over at Harry's, Linda, and of course our lovely accountant, Mr. Andrew Carroll, for supporting this week's episode. Most of all, thank you for listening. We'll be back next time. Till then, say goodbye, Federico.
1: Arrivederci.